Hi, my name is Bob Brooks, host and moderator of Long in the Tooth. This is a podcast primarily for late career dentists who are interested in doing a great job with their practices currently and also in planning for a transition of their practices to new ownership in the future. Our vision for the podcast is to be an educational format, not salesy at all. If you have been directed to join this podcast by a member of the dental industry in the United States, please thank them. This is going to benefit you. These are educational presentations that will hopefully help your profitability, your peace of mind, and your planning for the future as you are considering transitioning your practice to new ownership. Well, glad to have you along with us for Long in the Tooth once again. And our special guest today is Jordan Comstock with Boom Cloud. Now, that's a pretty exciting name, Jordan. Where did you uh, where did you come up with a name like that? Uh, yeah, Boom Cloud. Uh, well, my last name Comstock. I don't. Know, that's kind of a weird name. I don't know where that came from. No, England. I guess is that where that's come from. But Boom Cloud. Uh, you know, Bob. I was sitting in my kitchen one day thinking of business names. And, uh, and I, I always keep a list of business names with me for some reason. I, I think I like creating brands and thinking about their future. And yeah, one day I was just sitting there think, in my kitchen and it was just a name that came up, I think because it was like stormy outside and the thunder was rolling. So that's kind of how I got the name. Um, so I wish it was. I wish I had a cooler story on it, but that's that's it. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is a very cool name. It definitely kitchen. gets people's attention. Uh, I hope "Long in the Tooth" gets with gets the attention of uh, a lot of people as well. So uh, your specialty is uh, membership plans for dental practices, among other things. But that's yeah. where I think you get a lot of traction uh, nationally, and we're it's our honor to have you with us today, Jordan, and uh, pretty excited about. Uh, asking a few questions and hearing what you have to say. Yeah, no, I love it. Yeah, we, we, that's all we do here is membership plans. So okay. yeah, all day, every day. So ask away. I'm good. Oh, I can answer anything. I all think. right. Well, you know, <laughs> some people listening to this podcast may not be familiar with membership plans at all. So maybe a good place to start is to, to ask what are membership plans and how do they work? Yeah. So I think the best uh, definition of a membership plan is, uh, it's an alternative to dental insurance where a patient pays a monthly or yearly subscription to the dental practice and in exchange for, for benefits and, and discounts or savings that is offered to the patient that, that's subscribing, right? Uh, a good example outside of dentistry is Amazon Prime. Bob, I'm guessing you've got Amazon Prime. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, do, do you get a package on the porch every day like me? Oh, yeah. <laughs> but it's usually okay, my good. wife ordering, not me. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. My wife too. Yep, yep. <laughs> so that outside of dentistry, that's how I think about it. Amazon Prime, you know, uh, Amazon Prime is one of the largest membership programs in the world. It's a multi-billion-dollar membership plan, which is kind of cool. Um, but think of think of a, a dental membership program, you know, uh, as like Amazon Prime, but for your patient smile is usually what I how I define it. So for those that, you know, this may sound new, that's, that's how you should think about it. Typically a a patient pays 30, 35 bucks per member per month. Um, and then if it's a yearly plan, they're paying 
around $350 to $400 per member per year. So that's kind of what it looks like on a like revenue standpoint um, mm -hmm. in regards to the membership fees. But Amazon Prime for your patient smile, that's the best uh, definition, I think, for it. Okay, great. Well, now, with, with that being said, perhaps you could describe dental practices that benefit the most from having membership plans for their patients. Yeah, so I think the best, the dental practices that membership programs work best for are general dentists. Uh, it, uh, I would say pediatric dentists work well too. We have a lot of those across the nation. And then periodontists, any, any type of practice that is offering long-term maintenance uh, for the patient uh, would, would, would fit in offering a membership program for those that like don't fit i'd say like oral surgeons um even uh <clears throat> uh orthodontists that are doing braces they don't they typically can't do a membership program because they don't have lifetime patients right is kind of how i explain it uh the, the patients are maybe two-year or one-off type patients so it's a little bit harder to create like a subscription model off of those types of patients unless you are creating some type of maintenance program uh, with those types of patients. So that's that's kind of the, the demographic of, of types of dental offices that will work. Mm -hmm. And the reason why we like to see, you know, the general dentists typically work best because they all have a hygiene program, which is a high maintenance program or even a periodontal program, which is even higher, right? And patients are, you know, are required to come in every every uh, or two times a year or or more if it's periodontal so you get those types of patients on a membership program paying a subscription whether it's yearly or monthly you know and and then they have access to other services like maybe they need a crown or an implant or or anything like that right that's why those those types of uh, practices work really well with membership programs so I would, if you're orthodontist, sadly, it's probably a little bit more challenging to a mem challenging to do a membership program. But if you're creative, you know, if you've got some some type of maintenance service you do, then you can totally do some type of subscription. Hopefully that was clear. Yeah, <laughs> that makes sense. Well, well yeah, yeah, you divided up really well based on types, what I call types of dentistry. Uh, yeah, and uh, some specialties in general. But what about based on how patients pay. For example, uh -huh. practices that are mostly fee for service that have a high collections ratio or percentage, would they be candidates, good candidates, or would they be not really uh, as likely to use the service? And, and who would, what practices would more PPO practices, you know, lower percent collection practices? What, how does it shake out from a, uh, uh, revenue perspective. Yeah, that's actually a really good question. Um, I'd say if you're a fee-for-service practice and you've got a lot of fee-for-service patients, you, you're definitely a great candidate to start a membership program because the, the, the challenge that most fee-for-service practices have is they're competing with other practices that are in the network with the PPOs, right, which offer steeper discounts, which if you've got, if you're out of network, and you got patients that maybe have an insurance company that you're out of network with, but they can go down the street and find a dentist uh, to do it cheaper because of that that PPO. Then a membership program is going to help retain those types of patients to to your fee for service practice. You know, and a big question we get all the time from the fee for service side of 
of dentistry is that like, well, will we lose money if we offer a membership program? And the, the, the short answer is no. Uh, obviously, if you underprice everything, then yes, you'll lose money. But we, we found that on average, dental membership patients spend between two to three and a half times more than non-members. So that's, that's including patients that uh, are out of network and, and join a membership program for a, a fee-for-service office. So they, they end up spending more in the long term, right? And, and you retain them, especially being fee-for-service, those patients can go down the street and get a cheaper deal. So a membership program is definitely a good retention and revenue expansion strategy. And then on the, so the fee for service doc, for sure, it's, it's definitely a, a, a wonderful business strategy to do if you're fee for service. Um, now a lot of deni dentists want to become fee for service and they look at membership programs as that path. So we're seeing actually a lot of hybrid offices where they're part uh, fee-for-service with their membership program, uh, where they're attracting uninsured patients, they're retaining the patients that are out of network with them on the membership program. Um, but then they also, you know, they, they maybe accept Delta Premier probably, usually they keep that one. Um, but we're seeing lots, a lot of hybrid offices where, where they want to keep a few insurance companies, but then they want to focus on growing, you know, their membership patients. So I would say, and then you get those offices that are crazy. They, they sign up for every PPO under the sun. And a few years later, they're, they're, they're asking themselves what, what they did. They're like, what did I do? Right. It's, it's causing so many, so many issues in regards to profit and cash flow. Um, and they're trying to reduce their dependence on on PPOs. I say that's the largest segment of the market that we're seeing is is they've signed up for too many PPOs and they're trying to figure out how to get out. And I then see. they become the hybrid. So that's probably the large that's definitely the largest segment that we see because a lot of these practices that have signed up for too many PPOs realize that PPOs or insurance companies do three terrible things to a dental office, right? Number one is they reduce your profit margins, which is it's kind of important to have good profit margins in, in any business, <laughs> mm -hmm. you know. Um, it's not a slimy thing to have profit margins. If you want to invest into quality dentistry and, and help your patients, you got to have healthy profit margins. Uh, number two is working with dental insurance companies. They, they kill your cash flow, right? Cash flow is like the number one most important thing in any type of business and yet You've just signed, you know, a partnership with an insurance company. I don't know if I can call it a partnership because it's so <laughs> bad. You, you've signed a terrible partnership with an insurance company that's not only killing your profit margins but hurting your cash flow. And the third thing it does, the third thing it does, is it, it hurts the patient experience. Often, if there's an issue with insurance, um, the the patient thinks it's the practice fault, right? Or blames the practice because they don't understand insurance, right? So those three things, if if I had a partner doing those three things to my business, I would I would or an employee, I would fire them, right? I'd get rid of them. So fire the PPOs is usually what I say, or or dump the PPOs, like if they're a bad boyfriend or girlfriend, right? <laughs> right. Um, so I think you know the major part of the industry they're wanting to get rid of. Uh, the PPOs and a membership program is that avenue because it does a few things. It helps them create a recurring revenue stream, a loyal, a patient loyalty uh, system. 
and a way to expand that revenue um, by increasing their case acceptance with the offering of, a, of what the membership program offers. So, you know, that's especially if you are like in contract with too many PPOs, um, you, before you cut all of them, you, you know, you never want to just cut all of them at once. That's that's kind of insane. Um, I know some practices have done that and they've been successful, but, uh, you know, you've got to have a lot of things in order uh, to be able to do that. And a membership program is one of them because you want that that recurring revenue stream coming in as well as, you know, a loyalty system to attract the out-of-network and the uninsured patients. So that's kind of that's kind of how I think, Bob. Hopefully that was good information sure. for you. <laughs> you know, a lot of our podcast listeners are over the age of 55 and they are okay. considering what their transition plan might be in the future, whether it's next year or five or 10 years from now. So yeah. how should practice owners who are, say, in the later stages of their career position themselves with membership plans and how might a membership plan, what would be the timeline that would make sense for them to be able to implement and use that uh, prior to a transition, let's say? Yeah, so I, I think, um, well, the, the most the long-term benefit of creating a membership program is increased uh, practice valuation. Um, you know, because of, of two things, when you create a recurring revenue stream, that's coming in, whether you do dentistry or not, that's a valuable piece of revenue coming in. Right. For example, Bob, we have a practice that, that a solo practice that does $50,000 in just membership fees every month, $50,000 comes in automatically, whether they do dentistry or not, it's coming in. That's really attractive to uh, the next buyer, whether it's another, it's a bigger DSO or another solo practitioner. That's really attractive, and it, it's less risky for them because they have a revenue stream. One of the biggest problems when you're when you know practice, there's a practice transition, is the new dentist kind of kind of gets the shaft because all of a sudden these uh, there's a patient base that leaves right and goes elsewhere because they're like, oh, I, I used. Yeah, I, we, a doctor, uh, one of my best friends bought a, a practice several years ago and there, there was an exodus of patients. It, it always happens. There's always some churn or attrition and a membership program helps retain uh, those types of patients and, and they're the really good patients, right? But then in addition to that, you know, that revenue stream in regards to valuation, um, patients start spending more money with the practice, right? Because of the, the membership offering, which expands revenue, which obviously increases value. So if you're thinking about exiting the practice, a, a, a good practice that's that has a good team can grow a membership program to, you know, 500 to 1,000 active membership patients in about a year, a year and a half, right? And that's, that's talking... Uh, targeting the uninsured existing patient base and then doing some marketing promotions to attract potential uh, uninsured patients. So I would say, you know, if you're exiting, give it a few years so you can get build up a real healthy uh, recurring revenue stream because, you know, depending on, on the abilities of your team, it's going to take time, you know, a year or two years to build, to build up a healthy um, membership patient base. Now, if you think about that, um, yes, it, it takes some effort, but it's effort well worth it because it's it's going to stabilize the cash flow, give you expansion revenue and increase the, the overall valuation of the practice before you exit. So that's kind of what I, how I think if I were to exit a practice, I would make sure, I don't know, at least 
two to five years before I exit. I have a membership program and I have systems that are growing it, you know, every month. Um, so internal and external marketing systems that I'd be spending money on. So that's, that's kind of how I think. And, and the practices, I mean, we did have a practice, um, I remember him sending in an email. They had a really successful membership program. I think they had about 500 active membership patients. And he sent an awesome email to me personally and said, Jordan, I just wanted to thank you because this uh, membership program helped me sell my practice and I got top dollar for it because of that membership program, right? Which I thought was a, that's a fun email to get from a, a, right. a client. And, that's fantastic. And, and you know, and when you're exiting, you you want to get top dollar. I mean, you've you've spent a lot of uh, time and money becoming a dentist, and when you exit, you want to make sure you've got to, you're getting top dollar for it, because you know if you've grown a true asset, that's gonna you know when you sell it, that's gonna provide value for somebody else. You know, it's got to provide value for you when you make that exit. So that's kind of how I look at it, um, Bob. And I think it's it's a really important strategy, especially. Uh, today, when I started Boom Cloud back in 2014, 2015, you know, membership programs weren't talked about much, and they existed. There's practices that that had it, but it's definitely the the norm now, and it's becoming more standard. Uh, if you if you look across the nation at some of the the largest DSOs and and group practices, they all have membership plans because they understand the power of increased profit margins, patient loyalty, and revenue expansion, right? And I think every every practice owner should understand those three categories of, of their business. Good. So you think the timeline for yeah. a uh, late career practice owner to establish a membership plan before selling their practice might be, a, what, a minimum of, of one year and ideally maybe three years? Yeah, I mean, I think, I mean, as soon as possible, right? Because okay. everyone I'm sure is in different stages, but as soon as possible, because the longer you have to grow it and to expand it, the more value, the more value you'll be able to show. If you, if you can show two years of revenue from the membership program and say, yeah, this is pretty consistent, uh, two years is a pretty good, um, you know, looking back, you know, at minimum. But if, if you can get, I mean, I, again, start as soon as possible because, the longer you can show that consistent revenue stream, the more the more value you're able to show back in history, right? And I think that's really important. But you can also project it. You're like, look, yeah, we've had this membership program for three years. It's consistently generated fifty thousand dollars a month in membership fees uh, every every year, right? Or every month for the years. Um, if you can show that, you can also forecast it. Be like, yeah, it's so stable. I can forecast what it's going to look like. And if you spend a little money to grow it, you can forecast all that in regards to valuations. Because when it, when it comes to valuations, I'm Bob, you do lots of transitions, correct? That's what I do. Yeah. But actually, yeah, what, what we do. experience. So there's, there's, yeah, I was just going to say what, what actually we experience is that, you know, we can only sell to buyers what the practice has done even though the the forecast and projections look okay. really good we can't really price that into the most probable sure. selling price so it's great to have the opportunity for the buyers and for them to know that it's out there but it doesn't sure. actually work into the yeah. the uh the formula yeah but if yeah, the, if they, the numbers do you guys are there do any type of go ahead go ahead go ahead if the numbers are there if, uh, if the membership plan's been in force then yeah it's definitely going to help the value. 
Sure. Yeah. Do you guys do any type of multiplier multiplier valuation with your practices? This oh is yeah. Just me being we do uh, capitalization <laughs> yeah. of excess earnings. We do uh, multiples of sellers' discretionary earnings, uh, multiples of EBITDA. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we do all that. Um, cool. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Jordan, we've got time for one last question. And could you share Great. with me what sort of symbiotic business management strategies might exist that would help a dental practice owner maximize the overall benefit of using or implementing membership plans? What other things might might they want to do just to maximize the benefit of membership plans? I think the first thing that comes to my mind, Bob, is is making sure that your verbal and sales skills are to par, or your team's verbal and skills, verbal skills are are to par, right? Because a lot of of the reason why practices that do well with membership programs in regards to uh, you know patients spending more, the two the two to three and a half times more, is because their team understands the the power of 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 sales and verbal skills, right? When when they're presenting treatment, so I think if you can hone that in. Uh, that's going to be a real nice compliment uh, to your offering with your membership patients. Uh, in, in addition to that, when you're when you're educating patients about your membership program, I think it's super wise to understand how to how to sell, right? I know that in some offices, sales can sound like a dirty word, but uh, let's be honest, it makes it makes our whole economy go round. Is 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 salespeople and, and sales in general. And in regards to like a, a solo practitioner or even a multi-location uh, practice economics, you know, you need you need case acceptance and, and and people accepting the treatment that you're offering them. And I think I think number one, that's the the first skill that I think is complementary to a, a dental membership program. As I'd say number two is, I mean, which goes along the same lines is is uh, cell uh, phone skills. And making sure that the phones are being answered. I, I, recently, we had a one of my team members here that works with our customers on our customer success team uh, said that we're doing some marketing campaigns for a practice. And this particular practice, they're getting lots of opportunities, at, you know, knocking at their door via via phone, and yet they their phone skills in, in regards to answering the phones in a timely manner were off right so they're losing opportunities left and right and i think i think that's a big problem in a lot of practices even the ones that have their stuff in order uh, it's it's always a problem because you know the the front office is spread too thin with with dental insurance tasks and uh, they can miss phone calls but i think that's a, a secondary um skill that needs in in strategy that needs to be focused on and then often we see, you know, practices want to, they want to get rid of insurance and optimize insurance. So figuring out the language to talk to your patients when you go out of network, I think is extremely powerful and, and in the same lines of, of sales. And then I'd say if, if you're just optimizing, you know, revenue flow from these, from membership plan and even working with insurance, uh, figuring out how to negotiate your your insurance uh, your claims and payouts and things like that from the insurance company is also another skill set that goes along with with membership programs because it's all, it, it, if you ask me, it's all revenue optimization, right? So everything in everything in regards to selling the patient falls in the bucket of revenue optimization all the way to you know negotiating your insurance fees all the way to signing up more membership patients. It's all revenue optimization. So that's kind of how I look at it. So. Verbal skills and sales skills are 
top priority for for my my recommendation. Got it. Well, yeah. Jordan, we're so pleased that you were able to join us today. Uh, really appreciate your time. Could you share your contact information with the listeners uh, so that if anybody would uh, like to connect with you, they could easily do that? Yeah, absolutely. So anyone wanting to check us out, just go to boomcloudapps.com. And we have a, a plenty of free resources for you when you come visit our website. Uh, you can download one of our eBooks. It's about a 50 to 60 page eBook talking about the, the business model of membership programs and, and how you can implement one. We also have the Boom Cloud University that, that is a video course, free video course that anyone can take uh, and to train your team on membership programs. You can do that, but have calculators on our, on our website that you can you know kind of forecast revenue based off of your existing uninsured patient base, things like that. And then uh, I, I would definitely recommend you schedule a demo and uh, well, you can either watch a demo online or schedule a live demo and, and get more of a... a customized consultation from our membership experts here uh just hit schedule a demo from our website but that's that's the primary place to okay. learn more about us and get more information boomcloudapps.com all right jordan uh i guess that ends today's episode and we look forward to our listeners joining us next time thank you so much thank you thank you